Um, I don't think so because he actually came over to the house about maybe three weeks ago and came up to me and said, remember how much fun we used to have? Wouldn't you like to do it again? Are you kidding me? And I was like, no, I was like, get out of this house. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. If you've joined us before, you know we like to have fun and cut up, but there are situations that we are going to have guests that it's kind of hard to be jovial because their situations are so um, sad, for lack of a better word. No, that's a pretty good word. Yeah. But we try our best to um, make things a little less heavy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this next guest is someone that my heart really goes out to her because I cannot imagine the struggles that she went through and that she continues to go through from what happened with her. Yeah. We will say that you may not want children to listen to this podcast episode because it addresses molestation. Yep. So you may not want your sweet little ears to hear this. Yeah. She had a she had a really good attitude. And so we were able to <laughs> we were able to cut up with her and you know, we went down some some dark roads and and then come back and cut up again and back down some dark roads and I mean, she's definitely got a lot of resiliency. Oh, definitely. It just um, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that she was afraid to tell anybody, mm-hmm. which resulted in it lasting a long time. Yep. It breaks my heart that she just recently was able to start getting help. Yeah, I am recently confronted with it again. Yeah, that's the other part. You know, as we go through this, you're, you might be thinking, well, that was a long time ago. You know, surely the person that molested her realizes it was something that they did that was wrong. And, you know, because they were a kid at the time, too, really. Mm -hmm. No, no. This person decided to bring it back up recently after several years of it have been ended. But he decided to bring it back up and, you know, make it like. Hey, you want to hook up again or something? That really made me mad. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go find him and punch him in the face. <laughs> so just to say, um, watch your kids. Pay attention to them. If you notice something changes in their behavior, ask them about it. That's one thing that we asked her was, you know, did her mom have kind of hindsight and be like, oh, I remember when you were so-and-so years old, you changed. And they do change. When someone has something traumatic happen to them, there are changes. You may not have a clue what the changes are, but talk to your kids and make sure that you explain to them at a young age. I don't care if they're three years old, four years old. Talk to them about what is proper touching and what is improper touching. Yep. And call the body parts their real names. That's very important in case something ever did happen and they had to go in front of a judge or a court and say, Yes, this happened to me, and little Johnny touched my stick or something. You don't want to call it a stick. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you want them to be able to say it with the proper terminology to where there's no question of what they're talking about. Yeah. So that's a little short intro to this. 
it's kind of sad. I guess um, if you have been molested, it is um, a possible trigger warning also. Mm-hmm. And we have a hotline too. Let's go ahead and give everybody the hotline number just in case you don't make it through the podcast where we uh, talk about it there as well. The National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. Again, that's 1-800-656-4673. You can call these people and talk to them anonymously Mm -hmm. and um, get some guidance and some help. Yep. I think they even have an, an online chat as well. So if you can't call or don't want to call, but certainly, you know, keep that uh, information if you if you happen to need it or think you might need it. And uh, I guess we'll get into the interview. Anything else? Yeah, I do believe they might have a chat thing because I know this suicide prevention has a chat, either an online chat or a text message. It's an online chat, but there is a service that does text messages too. So anyway, um, there are people out there to help you if you've experienced this or if you know someone that is. Yep. Okay, here we go. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with a stepdaughter from Illinois. Hello, stepdaughter from Illinois. Hello. And just to make sure everybody understands, you're not my stepdaughter. No. (laughs) From Illinois. Or mine. (laughs) No. Yeah. I have been accused of having kids other places, but I don't claim that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to work really hard to say Illinois, not Illinois. Oh, it, it happens to everybody. <laughs> it's, it's Illinois, though, isn't it? Illinois. Yeah, the S is silent. Like the L in Salmon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't go down that path. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Go ahead, David. I was just going to say, what brings uh, what brings you on the show today, stepdaughter? <laughs> <laughs> she can't quit laughing to answer your question, David. <laughs> Who's oh, your stepdaddy? <laughs> I don't have a stepdaddy. <laughs> I have a stepmama. You might have a stepdaddy by the time we get off this call. I'm your stepdaddy now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she snorted. Pig snort. I love it. <laughs> I do it too. <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't so, know what to say. Well, just tell us about how, um, <laughs> when did you become a step kid? How old were you? I was 18 months old. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I became a step kid. So how did you feel when that happened? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she was very confused. <laughs> Well, I never knew my parents together, so. Did you have a relationship with both of your bio parents growing up? Yes. I actually lived with my mom and visited my dad on the weekends. Okay. Kind of like my son. 
his dad and I weren't together from the time that he was born. I think it makes it easier that way. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with my daughter, too. You were 18 months old. Yes. And you acquired a stepmom or a stepdad or both? A stepmom. Was she evil? No. Not oh, really. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no drama. Thanks for being on the show. I, I was... <laughs> I was I was, a, I was a mean stepdaughter. You was a, oh, okay. Oh, now we get the truth. All right. So tell us about <laughs> what you did to be the mean stepdaughter. Um, I used to say some pretty harsh things out of anger because my dad would make her the bad guy. And every time my dad wanted to tell me no, he'd make my stepmom tell me no. Oh, that's a bad choice. Ooh. But yeah. now, wait a minute. Did you know this at the time or is this something? No. That, yeah. See, I got told after I had already had a kid of my own. Oh gosh! You men make us Wait, women whoa, 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 out to be whoa. bad. Well, what is this? You men stuff. Well, you know, it's like <laughs> even one of Jackson's little friends says, "Well, my mom won't let me," and that's not the case. He just don't want to. Just tell the truth. Well, that's your son, not me. You you're raising your it's son to be that. You're, it's his friend, not my son. Your son. You told your son told them. Told him he couldn't because his mom had said, right? No. Oh, his 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 friend told him that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry for the confusion. That's okay. I live in that state. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time you thought she was a mean stepmom, right? Yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> the evil stepmom did exist. Yes. At one point. <laughs> so so once you found out that you've been lied to all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, like, what did you do? Did you like get mad at your dad or did you apologize to your stepmom or did you move far away and go into witness protection? I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I apologized to my stepmom and now we just laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you tortured her for how many years and now you laugh about it? Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's wow. what happens, We have a though. weird relationship now. So did she tell you that your dad threw her under the bus or he told you? They both did. Oh, so she knew it. Oh, man. Goodness. See, I wouldn't take the heat for you. I don't know if that's, I don't know if she knew it. Did she know it during it, like while it was going on? I'm not too sure. Hmm. Would she be a guest on the podcast? (laughs) I know. We will have a dysfunctional show for her. No, I feel sorry for her. <laughs> well, if she knew it and she approved of it, then I don't feel sorry for her. We're we're going with she didn't know. <laughs> okay. We won't she fill got, in the blank. Yeah, she got we'll suckered. Go with that. Yeah. She got suckered in like the rest of us. Now yeah, her, most women do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Bonding moment. Yeah, I know what y'all getting into. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? <laughs> okay. He's going to make me pull out the Nerf gun within the first 10 minutes. So I heard you say you had a, a daughter. Is is she also a stepdaughter as well? Her dad is remarried. So yeah, she is a stepdaughter on her dad's side. Oh, okay. And how old is she? She will be three in February. Oh. So in about 20 years, she could be a guest. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it, how does it feel being... Um, the bio mom. Are you the are you the mean bio mom too? I'm the disciplinarian out of me and her dad. I guess you could say. <laughs> Daddy, if she whines, Daddy gives in. I don't do the whining. <laughs> like you got to use your words. 
And I know she can talk because she doesn't shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't bother dad that she whines, right? Oh, no. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're whining? You want a piece of chocolate? Okay, here's the whole bag. So with your daughter, your husband, are you remarried or married? No. Okay. So, yeah, duh. You You didn't say she had a stepdad. So her bio dad just lets her get away with everything. Yes. Do you have a relationship with her stepmom? Yeah, we actually get along pretty well. We all three do. That's good. Mm-hmm. Sure good. What's her involvement? Does she take on a parental role with her? Um, She tries not to overstep boundaries. So like if he was working, he'll take my daughter over to his grandparents or something because they have two other kids together. Oh, okay. So. And that's that's good. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. She must be in the nacho group. <laughs> <laughs> she may be in the nacho group. You never know. Maybe she is. Yeah. She may have actually been a guest. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Never. I guess I don't. No. So, so what other kind of challenges did you have uh, growing up as a stepdaughter? Some challenges I had. Um, well. I guess the boys, my stepbrothers, they got treated differently than I did. Like if the boys wanted to go out with their friends, like they could go out with their friends, but like I couldn't. That's because they couldn't get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. They could just impregnate everybody else. (laughs) Exactly. So how many stepbrothers did you have? I have two stepbrothers. Were they close in age? Uh, Yes. Okay. They're like 16 months apart. And what um, about with you, age-wise? Oh, with me, they're one of them's four years older and one of them's five years older. Okay, so there's a good bit of age difference there. Yeah. They were pretty much starting school, kindergarten, when you came into the picture. Yeah. So I'm assuming, are these your dad, wait a minute, your mom's, <laughs> are these your mom's kids at all or... No. No. They're okay. my stepmom's kids from her previous marriage. Okay. All right. So stepmom, stepmom is the, she's the evil one that didn't ever do anything wrong. And she's got two kids. <laughs> Poor stepmom. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you've got two. So basically you pretty much uh, were raised with them your entire life. So they, you probably felt like they were your brothers. Is that yeah. accurate? Okay. And so what were your challenges with them? Other than they could go out and stay out later and you couldn't? Um, Me and the oldest one, uh, the oldest one wasn't so nice to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) So did he he, he pick on you or? um, Um, uh, He molested me. Okay, so that's a little inappropriate. Yeah. So when did that start? Like what age range were both of you? Uh, I was eight and he was 13. Wow. And we, we actually hear about that more often than people think that that happens. Do you know of anybody else that that's happened to? I do not. You don't? You're not the only one? No. Kind of walk us through it, how you feel comfortable walking us through it. Um, I don't know any appropriate way to say this, but was it like more than one time? It was until I was 14. Wow. Did you ever tell your dad? Um. My dad and stepmom do not know, but my biological mom knows. 
And I didn't tell her up until about two years ago. Wow. So you didn't tell anybody? No. So how, how do you feel now about it? How, how long has it been? You don't have to give an exact number, but has, you know, has it been 10 years, 20 years? It's been about eight. Okay. And so how do you feel now about it? Like, Do you feel like he got away with something? Have you had any uh, type of counseling? I actually go and see a counselor twice a week. Right. When did you start going to a counselor? Um, this month, actually, because I had a big mental breakdown in August and ended up hospitalized. So, may I ask if you did you try to hurt yourself? I did. Yes. Hmm. I called my my half sister and just told her that I needed to go to the hospital, and off we went. Kudos to you for calling her before you attempted something. I'm sure that wasn't an easy conversation or a phone call to make. It was not. Definitely wasn't. So did you not tell anybody because you were embarrassed or because you didn't want to get him in trouble? Um, I thought that if I told anybody that, I guess, he's the older brother, they're going to believe him over the youngest. I just felt that, like, they wouldn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Is he aware um, of the damage he's done? Um, I don't think so because he actually came over to the house about maybe three weeks ago and came up to me and said, remember how much fun we used to have? Wouldn't you like to do it again? Are you kidding me? And I was like, no, nah. I was like, get out of this house. I'm sorry. I'm in shock. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that just makes me mad. Well, it it, it makes me feel like okay, because I guess I went from you know this happened several years ago and you're still processing it and and things have moved on so kinda and now I'm sitting here going, dude, somebody should string him up. Right. I mean, he needs to be held accountable. This is not like this isn't a child's mentality. Yeah. This is this is disturbing. It was a shock, like. When he was like, I need to ask you something. I thought it was like, just, I don't know. Didn't think it had anything to do with that. And I was like, yeah, you can ask me anything, like whatever. And then he said that and I, I like freaked out and I like I had to call my counselor right away. Now, is that what brought on the, the episode of your breakdown? No, this was after the fact. Okay. That I had already been in the hospital. What was he doing at your house? He was talking to my dad. Okay. Do you and your dad live together? Yes. Okay. So you live with your dad and stepmom still? And my stepmom. Yeah. Okay. And he came over to see his mom and stepdad. Yeah. And decided to um, torture you a little more. Yeah. Now, I take it with you living with them, you probably have seen him over the years, right? Yeah. But this is the first time that he brought it back up? Yeah. He hasn't, after I turned 14-ish, he hasn't said anything about it until recently. I think I'd be tempted to put a camera up somewhere and then call him over and tell him how I've reconsidered and let him just spill the beans and then I'd have him on video. Don't give her any ideas, David. I would. I'm telling you. (laughs) That or I would Lorena Bob at him or something. I was thinking I'd have shot him, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> please, please, please don't ever don't take anything that we're saying as things that we are suggesting for you to do. Um, oh, no. He's going to get banned from the podcast world for <laughs> our violence. <laughs> Girl, I just oh, I'm I'm in shock. What did your mom say when you told her? Um, she asked if I told anybody else, and I said no. And then I told her not to tell anybody. And then um, my psychiatrist knows and my counselor knows. But I'm sure that your mom wanted to go tell your dad. Yeah, but I think she did it out of respect that I was like, no, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I understand that. But, you know, being a mom, yeah, that would be hard. Being anybody, that would be hard. Because I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't think your dad would, of course, I don't know your dad, but I would imagine he's not going to take it well. Even if he thinks you're not being honest, I don't see him taking it well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll tell them. So your visitation over there was every other weekend, you said? Um, It was pretty much, my parents didn't go through the court, so it was pretty much I could call my dad and I'd come over. So pretty much whenever I wanted. So I'm sure your mom is probably thinking, why didn't I see this? Uh, Is she beating herself up at all, like missing the cues or she feels guilty because you went over there and she didn't do something about it? Yeah, she's apologized. And I told her it wasn't her fault because it's not. It's his. Right. Yeah, I can. I'm certainly agreeing that it's not her fault in any way, but I, I can imagine that she still has some guilt over it just because. I'm just trying to put myself in her shoes and I would think that I would I would be reflecting back wondering, did I miss cues? Did I miss something you might have said that would have given me some information about you feeling uncomfortable or things going on over there? And I would I'd have a hard time dealing with it. Yeah, or noticing like, oh, well now I remember when she was eight, all of a sudden she changed. She wasn't as talkative, she wasn't as interactive with others or, you know, something. You know, that parental guilt that we throw on ourselves. After all of this started, actually, she, I, my grades dropped drastically. And fourth grade, I got the presidential award for having a high, like GPA, Mm -hmm. one of the highest. And then after fourth grade, my grades just started going down. And my mom's like, I should have, I should have realized that your grades were going down for a reason. I was like, I, I felt worthless. I didn't. I didn't care. Was it hard for you to want to go see your dad and go over there? Did they? Was the stepbrother always there, or did he go away sometimes too? Usually, it depends. Some like he would go see his dad's mom because their dad wasn't really in their life, but their grandma was. Mm-hmm. So like they'd go see their grandma every once in a while, but most of the time they were here. Did they leave him, the older son, to babysit you at all, or was this? Uh, no. Okay. So this mainly, I'm guessing, happened at night when they were asleep. When they were asleep, yes. Mm. That just it that just upsets me so much. I can't imagine how you feel or how you felt. I mean, you were eight. Eight. You probably didn't have a clue what was going on. No, at that time I was like. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, maybe this is what brothers do, but it's not what brothers are supposed to do at all. I guess the younger brother never messed with you. No. 
do you think he knew what was going on? No. So just you and the um, older brother, stepbrother knew what was going on? Yes. What steps are you, is your counselor? I think you said too, you had a counselor and a psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah. So what steps are they having you go through? Um, right now I'm on quite a bit of medications for, I am also bipolar too. So I'm on a bunch of mood stabilizers and I'm on antidepressants and I'm also on medication for PTSD. And then I go and talk to the counselor twice a week. Right. Does your dad know you're going to see a therapist and psychiatrist and all this stuff? Yes. He doesn't wonder why? Uh, I just told him because I have had a lot on my plate. Yeah. So do you feel like the counseling is helping? A little bit. It feels better to like get it out so mm-hmm. I'm not like holding it all in. Right. But you carried it for so long. And I'm sure yeah. that it, it took your childhood away. It did. I didn't. I can't. I can't sleep with my back to a door. I can't go out in public places by myself. Is that because you're afraid somebody else will do the same thing to you? Yeah. Yeah, because it's somebody she trusted. And so, and don't let me speak for you, but I imagine when that trust is broken with one person, then you really don't know who to trust. Your brother is supposed to protect you and not hurt you. And one of the one people that were supposed to protect me hurt me in the worst way possible. Yeah. Now you've had, I'm assuming you've had some relationships after that. I mean, you have a yes. You have a little girl. Not that you had to have a relationship, but she, you could have been like Lori, <laughs> just sitting on the porch, minding your own business. And next thing you know, <laughs> oh lord! Like, <laughs> how did I get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> there was a marriage out of that. She's like, oh, put a cracker jar box and look what I got. <laughs> <laughs> look at my prize. <laughs> uh, so, um. I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> relationship. Yeah. So you have a relationship with, so how, how did that affect your relationship with, um, with, uh, you know, your ex or, or your baby daddy or whatever you want to call him? <laughs> My ex-husband, um, one time while I was pregnant, he wanted to do what married people do. <laughs> and he was a little too demanding and, that ruined our marriage. I wouldn't let him touch me after that. Because it freaked you out. But he didn't know yeah. either, right? I mean, I'm assuming. Um, No, he doesn't know. I was just going to, you know, it's, how unfair is it that she can't have a, a normal relationship? And and it's not fair to your ex-husband because he he did something that he wasn't aware of that would cause an issue. Uh, I mean... I had told him about me being molested, but I didn't tell him by who. Yeah. After that, did you explain to him it freaked you out? When was he apologetic or was he just like, well, Um, he said he was sorry. And then I was like, it's going to take me a while to like, you know, recoup from this. Cause it was just like major flashback. Mm -hmm. And, uh, during that time, he decided to go and sleep with somebody else and get her pregnant. Well, then. His new wife, actually. All right. So y'all weren't even divorced by that point. No. 
I found out when I was in the hospital in labor with our daughter. But you're friends with her now. Yeah, we got along now. <laughs> she can have him. <laughs> <laughs> in my book, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. If you can cheat on your pregnant wife, I mean. Yeah. That don't rank you up there too high on the um, I'm a good guy board. <laughs> No, I always told him, I was like, because he's from a state where 16 years old is the age of parental consent, and she was 16 at this time. Oh, Lord, I knew you were going to say that. And he was 20, and I told him, I was like, I probably could have gotten past the cheating part, but the cheating with the 16-year-old part, I cannot get past. I was like, so I want a divorce. Well, if he would have known that beforehand, he would have picked somebody older. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know that the, uh, I don't know. I can't get past the cheating part, but that's, I'm just speaking for me. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I guess it was, I wanted my daughter to have her parents together, but because I never had that. But then, like, after a while, I was like, no, because my daughter would see me unhappy, and then that would cause for an unhappy baby. And we co-parent really well together. So, so what? What's the sex and age of their kids? Um, they have a son that is six months younger than our daughter, and then they have a daughter who will be one, in I think the next couple months. So, I mean, I know they're still young, but. Do you have fears that your daughter's stepbrother may do something like that? It'd be her half brother. Yeah. I need a flow chart for your family. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um no. I no, I've never thought about it. Well good. <laughs> Great. Now I made her think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're gonna get more therapy. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand David's point. Maybe when your daughter was eight, maybe something would trigger you to think about it. That's possible. Yeah. But I'm thinking, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking through your experience that you will have had a talk with your daughter about inappropriate touching and that to tell somebody, you, her dad, even stepmom or the police, somebody a school counselor, um, if somebody ever touches her inappropriately. Yeah, I will definitely have that conversation with her when she is old enough to understand. And I will let her know that that is not what brothers do. Right. Are both of her half-siblings brothers? No, she has a half-brother and a half-sister. You know, I remember when my son was little, a friend of mine that was a nurse, she said, don't ever call their body parts, something different than what the real name is. Because you don't want to end up, if something ever happened, you don't want them to end up in court trying to explain something that happened to them and not using the appropriate terms to where, sure. yeah, to where somebody could go, oh, that's not what they meant. <laughs> Until I came right. along. <laughs> and then I told him it was just Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway yeah david um david works against me sometimes 
Hey, you'll have that. Yes, you will. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about what his kids thought the body parts were. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get back on track. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to put a disclaimer in the front of this one. (laughs) So, we have this happen or not happen, but we have this talked about from time to time in uh, in the academy as well as in the Facebook group. And typically it's a parent or step parent that says, you know, I, I see this happening or I think this is happening. And what should my response be? So, you know, coming from the other side of it, what, what do you think that a parent's or step parents' response should be if they feel like that's happening, or if they know that's happening to a kid in their household. Uh, pull them aside and just say that no matter what they tell you, you're still going to love them, and that if something is happening, then you need to know so something can be done and it doesn't happen anymore. So I wish I would have kind of wish I would have told my parents when it was happening, and hopefully that's what they would have told me. Yeah, I was going to ask you in hindsight if you wish that you would have said something then. I wish I would have, yes. And the the tough part is, you know, if you're a step parent and you know this is happening or you see it happening, you know, how do you tell the other parent that you saw something or you believe something's going on? I mean, I'm assuming if you know if you got a decent relationship, but if you're in that point where, you know, you can't say anything about the kids without the other person blowing up at you. And now all of a sudden they think you've ma- you're making something up to to make their kids sound bad or or look bad or whatever. That's a tough spot to be in. That would be a tough spot to be in. But at the same time, I think I think that I would do it anyway. Like I would tell somebody when it, I think when it comes to certain stuff like that, you just kind of have to be like, I'm not trying to start anything, but this is what I saw. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, if it didn't. If they didn't believe me, if it turned into a big fight, I would just have to take that chance because I would have to protect the kid or kids involved and and let the parent know. And if they right. choose not to do anything, then I may have to take other recourse. If it's still going on and the bio parent's not doing anything, I may even, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I'd probably end up bringing in authorities. No one is going to destroy my marriage, but I would probably still do it. Do y'all do Christmas and stuff with them? Uh, no. I do Christmas with my daughter's dad and his wife and their kids and my mom and my half-sisters. With the, yeah. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what with her with the, and her ex and the 16-year-old, which well, she's not 16 anymore. <laughs> and her daughter. Well, they were pregnant at the same time. How sweet. <laughs> we should have took bum pictures together i know yeah with your bellies all touched up together yeah could you imagine though that the, her husband's like oh i gotta go my other one's having a <laughs> you could have taught her how to drive to get her her driver's license i could have <laughs> she could babysit yours while she's taking care of hers <laughs> Well, that's the thing I thought about when she said the age. I'm like, my God, that could have been the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. That's just disgusting. <laughs> dirty old man. So how, there's nothing dirty <laughs> about that. So how? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> David, you better clarify. 
<laughs> you should see her face. It's hilarious. <laughs> so how did the... No, 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 no. You <laughs> clarify that there is something wrong with a 20-year-old sleeping with a 16-year-old. There is absolutely something wrong with that. And what would that be? <laughs> did a 20-year-old sleep with a 16-year-old? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I wish this is a video. These hilarious this faces she's making. <laughs> so, how did he meet this 16 year old? Like, he used to be a lifeguard at a swimming pool, and before him and I, before him and I met, he took her virginity. Well, oh, what? <laughs> so was she 12? I mean, what was <laughs> Holy moly. So how old was she then? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. So we can count backwards. How long were you with him? I, him and I were married a year together, like a year and a half. Okay. So then you dated for how long? Like six months. All right. So now we got two years. Now she's 14. And a half. She was probably like 13, and he was like 16 or 17, probably. Yeah, well, they always say it's easier to, you know, if you've already been there, to go back. <laughs> Editing that part out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so let me, let me get back on track. Kind of. <laughs> Your ex-husband had a girlfriend that he met at his lifeguard job. Yes. And he had sexual relations with that girl. <laughs> yes. It's not even the Clintons or something. Well, that's not what I always think about with perverted stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> then I guess they quit seeing each other and you and your ex started dating. Yes. Then got married. Was you at the pool too? No, <laughs> this was, this was a pool in Ohio. Okay. Okay. So she lived in a different state. Yeah. It, he had an affair when we went back to see his family for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? Yes. Was it at the pool? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't know. He told me he was going to his friend's house. At the he pool? He did. Yeah. His friend's house. <laughs> she was, yeah, she was a friend. His little toddler friend. A friend with benefits. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. How'd you find this out? Um, I was in labor and his phone kept going off. And I just figured it was his parents or something asking for updates. And it was a text asking if he was going to be at the baby's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and he was asleep on the hospital floor. So you checked his phone? So I checked his phone. I thought it was his mom trying to ask for updates. <laughs> if he was smart, he would have turned off the pre-read things to where it would only say text message. Girl, he's sleeping with a 16-year-old. He ain't too bright. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're going into labor at this point did you would you like pick up the phone and smash it over his head or what did you do uh, no my mom kicked him in the back and so did he get did he go i don't know what you're talking about i don't know what this is all about 
<laughs> yeah, and then he said he was going to go home and shower. <laughs> it was a wrong and number. He, he went home and showered, came back to the hospital, started eating in front of me, and then went back to sleep on the floor until the doctor kicked him when our daughter was coming. He was tired. Well, yeah. I mean, you get two girls knocked up. That's a that's a tiring job. That's a lot of work. I know. But still, I mean, she lived how many miles away? Um, we were living in Kentucky at that point, so five hundred. Yeah, she's about five hours away. Hmm. Interesting. And so now she's in the same town as you. No, he still lives in Ohio. Okay. So how often does your daughter get to see him? Uh, we do every two weeks. So he gets her for two weeks and I get her for two weeks. Wow. That's a long stretch. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, I guess with her age, it's probably, um, that's going to change when she starts going to school. When she starts school, he'll get her like for two weeks during the summer and then on every break. Okay. Yeah, but he's going to be going from, I get her two weeks at a time to two weeks. He could go months without seeing her. Right. That's, he's going to be like, I'm taking you to court. (laughs) Well, if he does that, he'd just screw himself over because in the divorce papers, it stated that once he got out of the military, he was to move to Illinois and he didn't move to Illinois. He moved to Ohio. So if he moves... Whenever she hits that age, if he moves to Illinois, then I guess, you know, you can keep the same schedule. Yeah, stick with the same schedule. Okay. When you got divorced, um, was it because of adultery? Yes. So that would go in your favor? Yes, it would. (laughs) Finally, something in her favor. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Um. Is there like a statute of limitations to where you could press charges on your stepbrother? In Illinois, it's, I think, two years, if I remember correctly. If it wasn't two years, do you think that's something you would consider or no? Yes. Is that because of what he did recently? Do you think if he wouldn't have made that little smart aleck comment that you might have... um, you know, maybe wouldn't consider pressing charges, but since he did make that comment, then you're like, oh, look at here, dude. I'm, you know. It's because he um, made that comment recently and he has a stepdaughter of his own. So you think he would do something like that to his step, his own stepdaughter? I don't think he would do it to a stepdaughter, but I don't. I didn't think he'd do it to me either. Yeah. That kind of puts you in a bad situation. I would nef- definitely never leave my daughter with him, ever. Oh, I don't. Ever. Wow. So I'm reading an article, um, Chicago Tribune, July 26th this year, and they say that come January 1st, I don't know if it's, which, which takes effect January 1st. So this coming January 1st, they're removing the statute of limitations on criminal sexual assault, aggravated criminal sexual assault and aggravated criminal sexual abuse. This is previously prosecutors had 10 years to bring charges in an offense that was reported law enforcement within three years after it occurred. So, so right now it sounds like they can press charges as long as they know within three years after it occurred, which is close to the time frame that you talk about. 
but that's changing in January. I might have to look into that. Talk to your therapist and stuff, because, you know, um, if you did decide to do this, there's a lot more um, to it. You'd have to relive it. You know, your dad would know. I'm not trying to deter you from ever um, telling your story and telling somebody what happened and him having repercussions for his actions. But I think before you decide to do something like that, you need to understand fully the involvement in it. Does that make sense? Yes. Because we talked to somebody um, recently, I think we did, maybe it was just me, and they decided to go through with something and press charges, and then at the last minute, the girl did not want to press charges because she didn't want to have to relive it on the stand. And so the guy got away with it. Yeah, I seem, yeah. To, seem to remember something about that, um, but I don't, I don't know if it was a similar situation or not, but I mean, I would certainly look into it if that's if you're thinking that way and i agree with you if it it's something number one he has no remorse he he's not apologetic or anything and he's and he's trying to get you to do it again and so you can't even move past that because the next time you see him you're going to think is he going to ask me this again how many more times is he going to throw this in my face and then god forbid if something did happen with his stepdaughter would you feel guilty because you didn't tell anybody? I would definitely feel guilty. See, David, I wonder if that means that the three-year thing is still in effect, but they have longer to um, prosecute. Or, I mean, it's definitely something that you you would have to look into. But, girl, I'm I'm telling you, if I, I mean, granted, I'm not you, and I'm not in your situation, and I haven't been in your situation, but I would think that. If somebody had the audacity to come up to me after something they did like that and make that comment, oh, no, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, I mean, this this comes on the heels of the the whole Me Too movement and, and all that stuff that happened. And so what they're doing is they're removing the statute of limitations because some people, um, especially like in your situation, you didn't even know that you were being sexually assaulted at the time like you said you thought that's what brothers do you didn't understand yeah, she's a baby right and so you can't have well not you can't have they're removing the statute of limitations because of that reason because it could be years uh before you really recognize what happened to you um and then takes time for you to decide to come forward and and talk about your experience so it sounds to me as i read this article that they're removing the statute of limitations. There's not going to be the whole, you got to let us know within three years. And then we have 10 years to prosecute. It sounds like what they're doing is they're saying, you know, you will have your day in court, whatever they, they, that day comes. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years or 20 years or whatever. So. But doesn't she have to have like proof? Well, I mean, that's, that's any kind of court case. You, you know, whether you have to have proof or not, or such that that's for a jury. Sufficient. Yeah. That's for a jury to decide. And when you get into cases like this, you know, a lot of it's going to be just based on testimony. There's not getting like, there's not going to be evidence to gather physical evidence and all that. It's just going to be testimony. Unless you did the video thing like David said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just saying if it was me, it's what I did. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, t I mean, look at, look into that. If you want me to send you the article I'm reading, it's just from the Chicago Tribune. Um, I just I just 
Googled it and that's what came up. So it sounds like that they're removing that. So it's, you do, it sounds to me like you have an option coming up to where you could take this further if you wanted to. And that may would make, help you to heal. That's what I was hoping. I mean, it won't take it away. You're always going to have that scar. Yeah, I would think so. But then again, would rehashing it, um, you know, what if you rehashed it and they ended up not doing anything to him? You know, said, okay, he's on probation for six months or, you know, something that's not what you really think should happen um, as far as punishment. Would you still be okay with that? At least I got it out and people know. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I mean, as long that's that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Because you want to look at what's the worst thing that can happen and are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The worst thing that could happen is you tell your story and nothing happens to him. But like you said, you got it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to, I'm sure it's going to affect the relationship you have with your stepmom, maybe your dad. Uh, does that bother you that that either of those things may happen? Uh, a little bit, but I still have my mom, so. Okay, great. Would you be able to go live with your mom? Yeah. Well, definitely discuss it with, um, look into it and discuss it with your therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist and get their input. Well, if nothing else, I mean, get get the incident recorded in other words wherever it happened at you'll have to you'll have to file a police report where it happened in the county that it happened in or the city that happened in but if you get at least get that documented that it happened okay well you used to be a cop david Mm -hmm. and if you got a phone call Mm -hmm. you know somebody called the non-emergency number and said i need to make a police report Mm mm-hmm now, granted, it's been a year since you've been out of it, so um, things may have changed. But would they say, go take this person's report, and then you say, okay, six years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it is, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. And they would just take the report with the information, and then what would they do with it? Well, yeah. first of all, yes, I've been out a long time, and these things can be very different from state to state, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and all that good stuff. But um we would take the report and then we would turn that report over to the the detective division and they would follow up and and handle it from there. But they would uh, then interview you and determine whether or not charges uh, should be pressed. And a lot of that just comes down to whether or not you want to do it because they can't, they can't press charges unless they have some type of evidence that it happened. Um, or they saw it happen or something like that. I mean, it's your word against his word. So the police report just establishes a a document and a timeline and all that. Then uh, it'll be up to you whether you want to actually pursue criminal charges. So the typically law enforcement is not going to be able to do that for you in your type of cases. At least that's my, that's the way it used to be. I don't know if it's still that way or not. So so you would have to pursue the charges instead of the law enforcement doing it on your behalf. Okay. And like you said, that may even change from state to state because, you know, years ago with domestic violence cases, they changed it where the state places the charges against the person. The individual that was abused doesn't have to. 
Yeah, well, that that all changed with um, the O.J. Simpson and um, what was her name? Nicole um, Simpson. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, when <laughs> when all that happened, it changed because there was a lot around that with there was domestic violence and everything, and and so they changed that. And I was was a police officer during that time, um, and I remember I remember that changing. And what really changed wasn't that that we couldn't arrest people before it was, it was more that we didn't have very many options at that point because typically what would happen is if we came in and there were two people and they were fighting, you know, if, if there were no marks on the either person or if there was like, you know, a little scratch mark on somebody, then you would say, look, just, you know, what can y'all do to get along? We don't want to take somebody to jail and blah, blah, blah. And, and so sometimes people would calm down and, and you wouldn't hear from them again. And other times, you know, you'd have to come right back out there and 30 minutes later and lock somebody up. But you, you kind of had some options. But what changed there is that they basically told law enforcement that if you go out and there's any sign at all of abuse or struggle or anything like that, you don't have an option. You will arrest somebody. And so you, you go out and somebody's got a scratch on them. And now all of a sudden you're arresting somebody that because the other person has a scratch on them. And, um, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it because I think there's good and bad out of that. You know, the good thing is you don't have to have somebody who's, you know, you got a wife or a female that's being abused and she doesn't want to press charges because she doesn't know what repercussions can come of that. Law enforcement can step in and make the charges and they don't even need her to be part of it. And, uh, and she doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen because she's not involved in it at that point. She has no control over it. Uh, the, the downside to it is that, you know, some people would start, you know, scratching themselves or hitting themselves in the face with stuff. And then all of a sudden now people are going to jail and they've not done anything wrong. So I know we got off on a, um, off track there a little bit. Step kid. Oh, you're fine. But that being said, there are different laws in different states, different ways that um, different jurisdictions handle things. So it's definitely something worth pursuing. Um, if you think that it would help you heal and you're okay with regardless of what the outcome would be, girl, I would say go for it. Especially since dude wants to bust up in there and make smart like comments now. Nah. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like that set your healing process back? When he did that? Very little. Well, good. Good. Yeah, because I, I really thought that you would say, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had already started my counseling. So I guess I'd learn. I don't want to say to like ignore it, but. Not react to it. Not. Re- yeah. Well, I'm sure you. Well, I'm not sure. So let me ask, do you feel, do you feel like you're more empowered now than you were before? So that even if he tried to do something, you, you know, that, you know, you can fight back or you can scream or you can run or whatever the case might be. Um, because I'm, and I'm just assuming when this was happening when you were younger, since you didn't know that this wasn't how it was supposed to go, you probably just didn't know how to react. It's not like you tried to run or fight or anything. You just didn't know. Yeah, I just kind of took it, I guess. 
so he's assuming that what was his words the the you had fun times <laughs> because you were you know you weren't reacting in a way that that told him that um it bothered you or upset you or was inappropriate that it wasn't okay yeah right. yeah. yeah but he knew you know he knew oh, of course he knew, knew. Mm. I did look up on Legal Shield, and I don't think they handle that. They handle everything else, from military law to immigration issues, bankruptcy, collection disputes, <laughs> search and seizure, child custody issues, labor law. But um, it doesn't look like they really do anything with criminal cases. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think they did. We're pretty good friends with one of the state's attorneys. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to get legal advice. And if this article I'm reading is is accurate, then it sounds like you probably want to wait until, you know, after January, after January 1st, when the law changes. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have me Googling all kind of stuff tonight. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do after. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, I think it gives you an option that, Literally, before this call, you didn't know you had. Yeah, I didn't. I figured it was past time. So so, so how does that make you feel, that knowing that you may be able to do something after all? Excited and scared. Mm-hmm. That's the way I felt when I met Lori. <laughs> <laughs> David, you seem so insensitive when you say stuff like that. Gosh. As my mom would say, he's a man. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> I just don't even know. You know, it's like, really, dude? I mean. <laughs> She's excited. <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> I'd be excited, too. I don't want to lock his tail up, too. <laughs> If any psychiatrist slash psychologist slash therapist are listening and would like to um, have David as a patient slash client, <laughs> please feel free to contact me at Lori at NachoKids.com. Because <laughs> there is obviously something wrong with him. <laughs> Do you think anybody can provide the kind of help he needs? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I know you can't see me shaking my head, but it's one of those like bobblehead things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but she obviously has a great sense of humor. Yeah, she does. I try. Thank goodness. <laughs> if she didn't, you'd have her crying like you did dot com at that time. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> My niece had this <laughs> had this friend, and um, she had a boyfriend that lived, what, a couple hours away, I think? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, um, she had gotten the tattoo of the semicolon on her wrist, you know, the dot comma, um, this isn't the end of my story. I think it's like a suicide prevention awareness yeah. thing. And so we called her dot comma because we just like to pick on her. Well, David had this poor little girl convinced in about 45 minutes that her boyfriend was cheating on her. That's so mean. Tell me about it. I was right. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they broke up soon thereafter does not mean you were right. 
<laughs> he was probably right. Oh, Lord. You know, look, okay, you tell me, stepdaughter. <laughs> when your stepfather. She, there you go. <laughs> oh, Lord. Who's your stepdaddy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So here, here we are at Christmas time, right? In this, I don't know, how old was she? Probably 16? Okay, so she's like 16. We're at Christmas time. No, no, no. It was after my mom passed away, I think. So she was like 18. Okay, so she's 18, but it wasn't at Christmas time? Right around. Okay, so we're sitting here at Christmas time. This girl is calling her boyfriend this couple hours away, lives a couple hours away, during Christmas now. And he is either not answering the phone or when he does answer the phone, he's like, I can't talk right now. With he was eating granny's rice pudding. No, it, no reason. I would say, well, why is he doing that to you? Why is he ghosting you? And she's like, I don't know. He won't tell me. I'm like, he's, he's busy. He's cheap. Yeah, he's busy. He's busy getting busy. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. So, stepdaughter, what do you think? <laughs> she's like, I don't know what I mean, to think, either David. He was, either he was with family. Or he was busy getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was my point. So why is I it mean, so? That's one, that, that's, there's two choices there. 50, 50. I don't right. know what his relationship with his family is. So I, don't, I didn't either. I didn't care. My point was <laughs> I, I told him the same thing you just said. So why is it mean of me? <laughs> you told her. I told her. <laughs> what you just said. And so I think I was doing her a, a service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you, you would like somebody to have told you that your, your husband was messing with the girl at the swimming pool. Well, yeah. would have been nice to know. I know. Then you wouldn't have went swimming with him. <laughs> I had already done swam with him. <laughs> I know. Then you had a tadpole. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't edit all this out. <laughs> We're gonna have a five-minute podcast by the time I edit you out, David. <laughs> it's gonna sound really weird with just you and I talking, step kid. <laughs> Who's your stepdaddy? David, stop. <laughs> but David, you didn't know if the little fella was cheating. Why are we talking about this? I don't. <laughs> So we're talking about my sense of humor. Yeah, David. Yeah, she's got a good sense of humor. You have to, especially all the stuff she's been through. Is that why I have a good sense of humor? Putting up with you? No, you, you, you're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I know he married me and he's stupid. That's a compliment. <laughs> That's my term of endearment to David. They say opposites attract. Yeah. We opposite. Yeah. I'm, I'm the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> He's the um, non-compassionate one. Stepdaughter, you tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Have you felt nothing but compassion for me during this call? <laughs> for you? <laughs> for you or from you? <laughs> See, look how he twists us around. <laughs> She never knew that today was going to be the day that she became a stepdaughter again. <laughs> hey, what's one more to the family tree? 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we'll add another branch. At least she's got branches. I mean, some places it's not even a, it's just a straight tree. <laughs> David, <laughs> I don't think that's possible except for when you go back to biblical times. <laughs> okay. I've never seen the straight tree. Yeah, I don't either. See, he's messing with me again. Now I'm going to be thinking all night. Is that possible? Bamboo? Girl, you feel compassion towards me, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. (laughs) But you married him. (laughs) Maybe I'm the stupid one after all. That's what I was saying. Lord have mercy. Mm. All right. um, So let's get back on track. We're going to help other people. If you know somebody that is in a situation similar to yours, what would you suggest um, what steps they should take? For instance, you just recently started going to therapy and a psychiatrist. Um, Do you wish you would have done that sooner? I wish I would have done it way sooner. Are you... um, do you still have feelings of um, like shame or embarrassment about it? Or are you over that part? I still have days where like, I can't even look at myself at like at all. Cause I'm like, you're gross. But you know better, right? You know better. Yeah. For the most part, I'm like, I'm not worthless. I'm not trash. I'm not disgusting. I'm not what he did to me. I'm not. <clears throat> yeah. And counseling's helped me with that a lot. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to realize you're not defined by that incident. No, you're not at all. Your life isn't over when that happens. Uh, Your story isn't over. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's something that we do in the um, Nacho Kids Academy that's like, I did it in February the first time, so it was like 28 days to change your thinking, and we're getting ready to start it again in November. You know, um, we're going to name it Change Your Stinking Thinking. And... um, when those thoughts pop in your head, you need to make sure that you recognize them as not being true and not being real. And it's just your mind is almost like a negative playground sometimes. Because what it does is it reminds you of these things, thinking is protecting you from future events when what it's doing is tearing you down, making you feel like you're at fault. Exactly. And we've seen, um, your therapist may have even mentioned this to you, um, we've seen a lot of good results with people doing positive affirmations every day, you know, on the way in the car or brushing your teeth. They tell their, well, probably not brushing your teeth, but it's kind of hard to talk with a toothbrush in your mouth. But, (laughs) you know, looking in the mirror in the morning and be like, you know, I'm strong, I am loved, I am beautiful, I am... um, you know, not what my past was or something to um, remind yourself that you're not this shadow that he decided to put on you. Exactly. And journaling. Yeah, journaling helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And meds, they're not the cure for everything, but they help on the really bad days. Well, yeah, because they, they help you um, quit being so critical of yourself. You know, or um, to be able to look at the things with less emotion, maybe. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. 
But then there comes to a point where you have to say enough is enough when you become completely emotionless from these meds. Right. Well, I've got one more question for you. How did you not punch him in the face when he said that to you? Uh, all I can think of is I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> see, see, I'm not the only one that goes through their mind. Be like, mm-mm, stepdaughter ain't going to jail. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, you got that little girl to take care of. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure my boyfriend wouldn't want to see me and have me as an inmate. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's, yeah, he probably doesn't want to see you dressed up in an orange costume or stripes, either one. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I was going to ask you something, and then I got sidetracked with that. Um, let me, okay, let me ask you this. Your your daughter goes every two weeks, for two weeks, right? Yes. W- what would you suggest for a step? not step-parents, for bio-parents that have trouble when their child is with the other parent. Now, granted, you've got a good relationship with your ex and his little play toy, so I'm sure that they let you talk to her and check up on her and stuff, but it's still hard. I know it is for you to not have her. So what do you do to keep yourself busy, or what are some tips you would tell other bio-parents when they're um, feeling down because their kid's not there, they miss their kid, they can't even go in their room because it makes them sad. Uh, I'm still pretty young, so when my daughter's at her dad's, that's kind of my time to be a, a young twenty-year-old. So I mean, like, I keep busy. Like, it's fall now, so all my friends like have bonfires on the weekends, and I have a one friend from high school that I see almost every day and that's kind of my vent time like if I'm having a rough day what about during the week uh during the week the first week that she's gone I'm usually pretty good during the week but like the second week she's gone I just get really down mm-hmm. well she's three right yeah she'll be three in February oh so you got would she start four-year-old kindergarten or wait till she's five um, I'm not too sure. She'll be in preschool next year. So I think she'll have two years of preschool. So does that mean starting next year that um he'll go to the two weekends in summer? I mean, two yeah. weeks in summer? Oh, okay. Well, good. Do you find yourself thinking about what happened to you in the past more when she's not there? Yes, because I have more time to think. Yeah. Do you like to paint? I am not artistic at all. I can't even draw a stick figure. Girl, I can't either, but I can paint the crap out of some granny ceramics. <laughs> Why are you calling <laughs> granny ceramics? Because usually old people paint that stuff. Well, you know, you go up there in Miss Jean's on Saturdays. Who are you seeing there? A bunch of old people. They're the same age as you. Thank you. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> He's rotten. He is, girl. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Look at him, stepdaughter. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, you know, painting, um, cross stitch, whatever, um, just something that can you can kind of get lost in. You know, might be helpful. Um, not not meth and yeah, not or- drugs and alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's you know all kind of things you could find as hobbies. They've got those little shops you can go to now and paint, like you and your friend could, just to kind of give you something to do to get your mind off things. And go to the pool. <laughs> oh my gosh. When you go to the pool? Yeah. Maybe I could find me a 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
kidding. I'm just kidding. I promise you my boyfriend is not a minor. <laughs> he, he just turned 18 last week, didn't he? <laughs> he's actually older than me. So he's 20 and a half. <laughs> no, maybe he's 42. Who knows? <laughs> okay, let's be here. My ex is 57 years old. What? <laughs> I'm serious. You are lying. No, I'm, I'm serious. How in the world you wait? Wait, 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 wait. Serious, I have a heart attack. The 57-year-old, which was probably like... He's 35 years older than me. And that's the one that slept with the 16-year-old? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> no. I was fixing to say... I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I thought he was 20. How did he become 57? No, my ex-husband is 20. Well, he's 23 now. Okay, so who's the 50-something-year-old? Yeah. Um, the guy I was with after my ex-husband. Was he also your husband? No. I've only okay. been married once. <laughs> okay. I thought you said ex-husband. That's why I said that. Okay, so your ex-boyfriend's 57. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. His his kids didn't approve. I guess not. <laughs> I mean, kids are older than you are. His, uh, Grand, grandkids are older than you are. No, actually, he was having his first grandkid next month. Did you go to school with his grandkids? No. <laughs> his kids aren't that much. His kids aren't that much older than me. Okay. Twenty nine and twenty six. Um, and so things didn't work out with him because his kids didn't approve of the age difference. Well, his kid, one of his kids, told they live in the same subdivision up in like Chicago area, and. His son told him that if him and I got more serious and we moved in together, that he'd have to sell his house, <laughs> buy a house outside of something. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would have come. I would have come to see his daddy. I'd have parked right outside the front of the house in the subdivision with my stripper heels on and walked into the house. <laughs> That's why God did not make you a girl. I know. I've done it as a dude. (laughs) (laughs) I look good in stripper heels. I said, okay, well, we can still be friends, but I don't think your kids approve. (laughs) So y'all ended on a good note. Oh, yeah. We still talk every now and then. Is that a wink, wink, nod, nod? No. Like, we, I just ask him how he's doing. Yeah. My boyfriend's 23. He's younger. Same age as my ex-husband. You can't find a happy medium. You just want to take <laughs> Well, the, the young one didn't happen, so let's find somebody who's almost retired. Well, where did you meet Papa? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was probably out by the pool too. <laughs> it's in the subdivision. Apparently, there's a pool in the subdivision. <laughs> My grandma lives up there. <laughs> so he was visiting your grandma and you stole her man. You, you and your grandma fighting over the same man. That's sad. This is getting better. How did you leave this out to the end? Because who would want to tell somebody you stole the grandma's boyfriend? Uh, yeah, you're right. So you go ahead and crochet, Grandma. I got it. I'll take him. Come on, Papa. I'll get you Walker. 
Like you gonna have every <laughs> you have every fifty something year old person going, looking here, that is not that old. My dad was like, uh I was a nurse's assistant when him and I were together, so I was wiping old people, but at the time that's what I did for work. <laughs> that's where you <laughs> met him. Like, my dad's like, well, good thing you know how to wipe old people, but because in a couple years, she'll be wiping it. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I was like, Dad, he's a year younger than you. <laughs> my dad's like, I know. <laughs> wow. What did your dad think about you dating somebody that was a year younger than him? He said, as long as you're happy. Well, good. What else he gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring him over here. We can be best friends. <laughs> Talk about all kinds. Oh, of stuff. the weirdest part. The weirdest part. So my ex owns a pest control company, and my dad owns a pest. Yeah, the fifty-seven owns a pest control company, and so does my dad. <laughs> oh, you trying to you trying to be somebody who gets somebody like their daddy? <laughs> That's really creepy. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, you know, that she's got a relationship with a competitor, and you're over here thinking that <laughs> she got daddy issues. Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> mm. So, where did you meet the guy? At the, at the hospital, wiping his butt. <laughs> In my grandma's subdivision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got to walk me through this. You're visiting grandma. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it like an old people subdivision? No. <laughs> no, he's no, 50 my something. Ex, my, no, my ex's son lives in that same subdivision. That's right. See, I'm confused with all your exes. It's just a bunch of rich people. Okay. Like five hundred and like $550,000 houses. Oh, so you was walking around a block looking for a sugar daddy. No, no, no. <laughs> Told you she had to, yeah, with them stripper heels on. I never once asked him for any money. Never intended you didn't have to. <laughs> I bet you didn't. <laughs> Although, we did go to the... Okay, weird story time. So, he came to visit me. And I live like two hours south of him. And Did he uh, have to take a bus or he still got his license? No, he still has his license. <laughs> okay. Well... He goes, let's go to the casino. And I was like, okay, let's go to the casino. So he was just popping in hundreds. And then he goes, okay, cash out whenever you want. And whatever you get is what you get to take home. And I was like, what? I cashed out right in before I bet anything. <laughs> I made it. He put 200 in and I made it up to 500. Well, that's pretty good. I was like, yep, I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> By using new stripper shoes. And then my mom's boyfriend's friend works at the casino. And the next day I went over to my mom's house and my mom's boyfriend's friend was like, so I saw you at the casino last night. And I was like, oh yeah, who was I with you? I was like, I don't know, some old guy. And I was like, I was like, you guys stole them? And they were like, no, he really works at the casino. I was like, okay, this is So when you went places, did you feel like people looked at you like you were with your daddy? I didn't care. Oh. 
That's sweet. I'm sorry it didn't work out. So that's the casino incident is not the first time you made him there, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so so how long did y'all date? Quit quit derailing the question, Lori. <laughs> I want to know how she's in there rocking in the rocket chair with a grandma, and all of a sudden she's got this other guy in the neighborhood. Um, they had I bridge went, night at grandma's. <laughs> I went and checked her mail. <laughs> <laughs> and what was he spraying the bugs outside? No, he was getting with his. no shirt on. I mean, what? No, he was he was getting his. He was oh, so you met at the mailbox. Yep. <laughs> okay, and then he said, "What's your name?" <laughs> no, he he like waved, and I waved too, and I was like, "Grandma, who's that over there?" And she was like, "Oh, this is so so," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, then when I was getting ready to leave, he was pulling out too, and he was like, "Hi, I'm so and so," and I was like, "Hi, I'm." My grandma's granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't say I'm my grandma's granddaughter. <laughs> well, no. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, how are you? And then we just started talking. And then he said, do you want to ride on my wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> he said my electric scooter, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, how often do you come visit your grandma, little girl? <laughs> You guys are making my stomach hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and now all of a sudden, you're like, hey, Dad, I'm going to see Grandma again this weekend. <laughs> no, he came here. <laughs> and hung out at your dad's? No, no, no. We always got a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pretty woman. Oh, no, I did not mean to just call you something bad. She just called you a hooker. She just flat out called you a hooker. I'm sorry. I, you know who I did not mean that. If David would have said it, then, yeah, you could question it. But I said it, and you know I didn't mean it. I'm just sitting here thinking of this young girl and this old guy, and y'all getting a hotel, and Julia Roberts just popped in my head. So that's what I thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't think you're a hooker. <laughs> this is getting edited out, right? <laughs> yeah, this part's getting edited. This out. is absolutely not getting edited out. <laughs> Man, you know how many people will be like unsubscribe when they hear me calling her a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have some sixty-year-old up in Chicago who'd be like, "That's me." <laughs> be like, "That was my girl." <laughs> That's right. So, um, what is your what is your current boyfriend? Does he know you dated an older man? Yeah. Does he spray bugs too? No, <laughs> he's a corrections officer. I thought you were gonna tell me he's a lifeguard. <laughs> no, <laughs> never dating a lifeguard again. <laughs> what what does your ex do now? My ex, uh, he delivers pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Baby daddy. Yeah. <laughs> he delivers pizzas. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing about it? <laughs> <laughs> because karma's a- <laughs> karma's a witch. 
Mm. Apparently, he was delivering stuff earlier, too. <laughs> David. He was putting something in the ovens. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to have a Nacho Kids podcast after dark or something. <laughs> if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. David. <laughs> your ex, you're just going to bust out laughing. <laughs> He's going to be like, what? I'm like, nothing. I like that domino sign you got, boy. <laughs> Tell him to bring you a pizza next time. Oh, crap. Oh. You know, though, when her daughter comes home, she's like, uh, you want some pizza? And she's like, no, I have that every night. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Man. I wish I'd have had a boyfriend that was a pizza deliverer back in the day. Well, it's okay. I don't need him because my mom's a general manager of a pizza place and I get free pizza. So. <laughs> and it's probably better than Domino's, ain't it? It is way better. They, everything's homemade there. There you go. Like their dough, their sauce. Pretty good. Now, is your mom remarried? No. She never remarried? Uh, she did, but she's divorced. She's probably scared you're going to take him. <laughs> you saw what you did to your grandma my grandma's married <laughs> she was waiting she, she's like if I could have made it that mailbox first you wouldn't have got him <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I'm right there with you, girl. It's getting hot. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't even know how to um, what to say next or how to end this. <laughs> What's going to be fun is to see how I edit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay, David, let's be serious. Well, I'm, I'm not even going to bring David into this. So um, we have really enjoyed talking to you. You have been a lot of fun despite the reason that you're basically a guest on our podcast. I enjoy being on it. And um, we do wish you the best with recovering or um, I don't even know the word. Help me, David. <laughs> pursuing closure. Yes. See, he, he always finds good words. With pursuing closure with, you know, what's his name? I do want to say, though, for, for those who are listening, there is a national sexual assault hotline that you know you can call they also have an online chat then uh, the number for that is 1-800-656-4673 so if you have anybody that uh, that needs that or or if you need that then certainly you know reach out there you know 24 hours a day and uh, and get help because it's that's something you shouldn't have to uh, to try to deal with and handle on your own what's the name of it again uh, the National Sexual Assault Hotline is, is put together by uh, RAIN, which is a Rape Abuse Incest National Network. And the number is 1-800-656-4673. Yes. 
4673. That is correct. So stepdaughter, do you have any closing uh, words of encouragement for anybody who might have uh, found themselves in the same situation as you? I guess just don't be afraid to let people know because it does happen and you're definitely not alone. And don't be afraid to ask for help either because it does. Talking to somebody definitely helps. Well, and one thing that I want to remind you and anybody else that um, has been in this situation is it is not you. You did not do anything wrong. It's not because you did or did not do something. It's the other person. They did wrong. Now, I also do want to say that I hope at some point you do get that closure and you are able to forgive him because we know that forgiveness is for ourselves, not for the other person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Well, you're going to have to keep us posted and um, let us know how you're doing and how things are going. And in 20 uh, years, tell your daughter to call and be a guest on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. <laughs> yeah, we, we do say that we would like to follow up with um, people that are guests. And so don't be surprised if in a couple months, tomorrow, <laughs> six months, whatever, if you don't get a message from me and says, hey, how are you doing? Um, because you will cross my mind, I'm sure. And we do care and want to know how you're doing. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, we will. And your being a guest on our podcast is definitely going to help a lot of people. And it's more people than you or I or David could ever realize. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the fact that you still can laugh, you are an inspiration. Well, thank you. Isn't there a song about that? You're the inspiration. <laughs> Don't make me sing. I can't sing. <laughs> I yes, like a there dying is. Walrus. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a what? A dying walrus. Sing for us, girl. Come on, belt it out. Yeah, it's an old Chicago song. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> oh, what do you want me to sing? <laughs> She's so young. She don't even know probably who that is. She's from Someone Illinois. Two step in cowboy boots, grab your sweetheart and spin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's not an old song. <laughs> I don't know any old songs. But you didn't sound like a dying walrus. Oh, I do have one more question before we let you go. Okay. Did Grandma have any input about you dating her neighbor? Uh, she just said whatever. <laughs> <laughs> She's thinking, these darn youngins. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm just trying to finish this crawford puzzle. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, you know, if you would have stayed with him, then your dad would have been able to give him guidance on Medicare and stuff when all that came time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's some confusing stuff. Okay, one more question. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get over the fact that he cheated on you with her and yet you still have a decent relationship with both of them because obviously she knew he was married. Um, it didn't happen until like my daughter was like a year and a half old, but I started, I was like, it's not about me. It's about her. And he didn't do this to her. He did it to me. So why should I punish my daughter by making things harder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I, I still have a little bit of resentment, but it's not like, gosh, I can't stand to look at you. It's more like, gosh, I wish you'd run into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like she got a peach of a person, though. No. Yeah. 
Well, stepdaughter, it has been so nice talking to you. It's been nice talking to you, too. Stepdaddy, you want to say bye to your stepdaughter? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, stepdaughter. (laughs) Bye, stepdad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. Say bye, David. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, that was was heavy. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least. I am glad that you happened to look up to see that there may be something that she can do to hold him accountable after all these years. Yeah, well, well, when she started talking about statute of limitations, you know, I know things like that can change. And we've had a lot of news coverage about similar things. And so I thought I had heard something about that uh, just in passing. And so, you know, I wanted to look it up while we had her on on the interview. And sure enough, it looks like, you know, coming up, that uh, there'll be some other options that she's going to have to her uh, at her disposal. Right. And I wasn't, I hope she didn't take it that I was discouraging her to pursue something against this person. I just, I watched too much Law and Order, y'all, to where, you know, the victims go to court, they relive all this, and then nothing happens to the person that hurt them. And so I wanted to make sure that if, she went through with this, that if nothing happened, that she was still okay with that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. People have to understand that you should um, you should know what the worst possible outcome can be and then be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And if you are, then, then great. Then absolutely move ahead. And either way, at least you moved ahead knowing that you thought through all the implications of it and you're okay with that. Right. And I know I don't want her to not pursue it in fear of the relationship that she has with her father is going to be damaged because, you know, he's married to the woman whose kid did this to her. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just a lot to it. But no, I don't think that someone should not press charges. But I think that you should completely and fully understand the impact that it's going to have so you're aware of that and not blindsided by it. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared for what, what might come mm-hmm. and and how you're going to deal with that. And there's going to be people that, even though you're the victim, there are going to be people that are not happy that you made that decision. Right. As crazy as that sounds. And there may be even people that don't believe you. But you know what? It, it's your story. It's your struggle. And it happened to you. Don't let the fear of what other people think stop you from getting justice. I still think I would record him, like I said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, David and his FBI tactics or whatever they are. Yep. But too, you know, it's like I asked her, God forbid, if something happened and her step, his stepdaughter was messed with and she didn't tell anybody, how would she feel? You know, that really, that's her saying that she would feel horrible. That's almost motivation enough to... Do something. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want somebody to get away with this. And yeah, it happened to her a long time ago. But really, and this might be enough too much law and order stuff I watched again, there might be 15 other people that he's done this crap to. Yeah, you really don't know. No, you don't. So if you know someone that has um, been molested, not necessarily by a stepbrother, there are things to help these people. Be supportive of them. There's the hotline the National Sexual Assault Hotline, and it's 1-800-656-4673. And I'm sure that there is also plenty of Facebook groups. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 
and other areas to get help. Um, you know, counseling is not a bad thing or therapy. People, there's grief counseling for when somebody dies. There's divorce counseling. There's blended family counseling or coaching. There's um, for everything you can think of, really. Yeah. No, and it's not a weakness thing. I mean, I know when I was growing up, it was kind of one of those things where if you needed counseling or you needed therapy, that was kind of a sign of weakness. Yeah, like you were a psycho or something. Yeah, like you can't figure out your own stuff, but it's it's really not. It's more of a, you know, we, we honestly go through therapy a lot. We just don't recognize how we're doing that. Yeah, therapy could be as simple as her talking to us about what she did or what happened to her. It was therapeutic for her to get it out. Yep. You know, people often turn to a friend or a family member to talk about things, and and that's part of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a lot of things that can be therapeutic. So, you know, therapy and, and counseling does not mean you can't figure out your own life and you have to have somebody tell you what to do. It's not what it, it means. Most of the time, a good a good therapist is typically going to listen to you and then and then help you just kind of slow down. And, and put the pieces together. Most of the time you have the answers inside of you. You just kind of need somebody to to listen and let you pull everything out, put it in order, and then then you know what to do. Or to help lift the weight of the problem off of you so you can see what you need to do. Well, part of the therapy too is just the fact that you know that you're not alone. How many right. times have we heard that in step families? Like just knowing you're not the only one going through a certain scenario in and of itself is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know through our um, coaching with blended families, we've ran across several that do have went to therapy and they didn't find the right therapist. And that's okay too. If you go to therapy and you just don't feel like it's helping you, find somebody else. There's many other people that you can go to. No, granted, don't just look for a therapist that's going to tell you what you want to hear mm-hmm. because we see that a lot too. People jump therapists because they aren't getting the answers they want regarding the struggles of their blend. But look for somebody and meet with them one time. And if you don't feel that connection with them, go meet with another one until you can find somebody that you feel comfortable with sharing your struggles. Yep. And also we've noticed that it's almost like the younger generation, maybe the people that are early 30s, I guess. They don't have the negative stigma about therapy that we did. No, they don't. No, they are more open to it. They are free to share that they have seen therapists or counselors or even life coaches, whatever it may be. They're they're not ashamed of it. And I'm glad. Well, part of it is that it's part of their norm. Like even when you go to a school now, there's counselors in school. There were not counselors in school when you and I were in school. Yeah, there was. They were not grief counselors and things like that. No, they had guidance counselors. Right. So guidance, yeah, but their guidance counselors were there to make sure you were taking the right classes. No, you, you could go talk to them about problems. Okay. Well, I never did. Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> so I never knew that that's what they were there for. No, then. they were there for stuff like that too. Right. But mm-hmm. again, the little kids that had to go to guidance, it's like, ooh, what's wrong with them? Mm. Okay. I learned something I didn't know. So for all you guidance counselors out there from the 80s, I didn't know this, that you did all that stuff. Mm -hmm, They did. They did. But like I said, there was the stigma to it still. Mm -hmm. So probably the little kids that needed counseling didn't go. But don't be ashamed at all, at all. Thank God that David and I didn't have that stigma and went and saw Mr. Butler 
because that's what saved my sanity. That's questionable if you ask David. Mm-hmm. But it definitely saved our blended relationship and my relationship with the stepkids. And as a result, we are able to help others do the same. Yep. So make you an appointment. Yeah. And you don't have to stick with the first one you find either. It's not like you're running around, like Lori said, you're not running around trying to find somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But you you should be able to gauge whether or not what they're telling you makes sense. Right. You need somebody that when you walk away, you're like, I'm glad I went. That was helpful. Yeah, if they tell you stuff crazy because we went <laughs> we went to a counselor one time and, and for the kids, not yeah, for us. Yeah. And and what they told us was was nuts. Yeah. And um I mean everybody we ever told the story to is like, do what? <laughs> well, that's like um Claudette Chenevere that we interviewed, that's also a blended family coach. She said that one of the counselors they went to early in their marriage because of the blended struggles said, well, you know, it's best just to walk away. Yeah. Just get divorced. Just get divorced. (laughs) I'm like, what? Yeah. It's that means you need a different counselor. Yep. Yeah. And and we've also heard people where, no, granted, let me back up. There was not abuse in, in that situation. So it's not like the counselor was trying to get her to a safe environment. Yeah, that's true. So just be careful. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also check with your employer. They may have what's called an employee assistance program, Mm -hmm. EAP, to where you get so many free counseling sessions a year. Mm -hmm. And um, so that may be helpful if you don't have um, the funds to go see a psychiatrist or whatever. I forget how many it was that I know my work used to offer, but check it out. It's worth checking out. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that... um, she agreed to be a guest on our podcast, and I commend her for talking publicly about her issues, even though they were anonymous, <laughs> even though yeah, she's that's, anonymous. That's still, still hard because you still have to relive a lot of stuff yeah. as you're going through that. Yeah, it was um, it was very touching. So I just pray that she continues to get help from her psychiatrist and her therapist and that if she decides to pursue charges against this person that is successful. Yep. And then maybe she can be back on here to tell us um, the good news that she was able to find her closure, if that's such a thing with something like that, or to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's from her pressing charges or not, but that's what we hope for. Yep. All right. So, oh, making me sad. We got to go. All right, that is our show for today, folks. Uh, be sure to join us next week for another session of Nachoey. Oh, one more thing. If you are someone that has experienced this and you would like to be a guest on our podcast to share your story to help others, contact me at Lori at nachokids.com. And that's L-O-R-I at nachokids.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.